Hey guys, welcome back to The Crime Couch. I'm your host, Kaylee, and as always, with me is my co-host, Joby. Hey guys. Today we're going to be sharing with you a case that honestly still angers me to this day, and it kind of has the same energy as the O.J. Simpson case because it was very popular in the media, and before the trial even began, the entire country turned against them and was convinced that they're guilty. However, they were not charged for these crimes and were found innocent by a jury. Today, we're going to be talking about Casey Anthony and the murder of her daughter, Kaylee Anthony. Serial killers do on a small scale what governments do on a large one. On a, on a large one. In 2008, the media and the entire country was distraught by a horrific murder and cover-up that occurred in Orlando, Florida. Casey Anthony was the mother to an adorable two-year-old little girl known as Kaylee Anthony. She was born on August 9, 2005, and when Casey got pregnant, she denied it to her family throughout the entire pregnancy. There have been a few suspicions as to who Kaylee's father was, such as her short-term fiancé, Jesse Grund, and a former boyfriend of Casey's who was reported to have died in a car accident. However, the public doesn't really know for sure. Casey was 22 years old, and it is unknown the kind of living situation that was provided to Kaylee up until 2008, when the family became more well-known to the media. Kaylee was raised by her grandparents, Cindy and George Anthony, for the majority of her life since Casey was so young and not prepared at the time to be a mother. On Father's Day, June 15, 2008, there was reported to be a family argument that occurred between Casey and her parents, and on June 16th, Casey ended up taking her daughter and running off, leaving her parents at home. Their whereabouts are unknown, and no one really seems to mention anything until exactly one month later, on July 15th, 2008, when Cindy, Kaylee's grandmother, called the police to report her granddaughter missing. Drive. Four nine three seven Hope Springs Drive. Or okay, what's happening? Um, I have someone here that I need to um, be arrested in my home. They're there right I have now. A possible missing child. I have a three-year-old that's been missing for a month. A three-year-old? Yes. Have you reported that? I'm trying to do that now, ma'am. Okay, what did the person do that you need arrested? My daughter. For what? For stealing an auto and stealing money. I already spoke with someone. They said they would patch me through the Orlando um, Sheriff's Department have a deputy here. I was in the car. I was going to drive her to the police station, and no one's open. They said they would bring a deputy to my home when I got home to call them. Casey's there right now? Yes, I got her. I finally found her after a month. She's been missing for a month. I found her, but we can't find my granddaughter. Is Casey not telling you where her daughter is? Correct. Okay, we'll have a deputy out to you as soon as one's available, okay? Thank you. Thank you. Cindy had learned that the family car that Casey used had been impounded, and when she went to go pick it up, there was a terrible smell coming from the inside. In the trunk of the car, there was a bag of trash, but even after that was removed, the horrible stench still remained. They confronted Casey and said that the odor smelled a lot like a dead body, Casey proceeded to tell them that Kaylee had been missing for a month and that they were absolutely shocked at this revelation. 
How could you go 30 days without reporting to the police that your own daughter had been missing? This was definitely one of the first red flags that popped up within the case. A day later, on July 16th, Casey Anthony was arrested and she led investigators on one of the biggest wild goose chases I've ever seen. She proceeded to tell police that Kaylee had been kidnapped by a lady named Zenaida Fernandez Gonzalez, who Casey said was Kaylee's nanny at the time. This led nowhere as Casey provided no proof or evidence that she ever even had a nanny. Zenaida was indeed a real person, but she was never a nanny for the family, she just happened to babysit Kaylee once back in 2007. Casey also claims that she met Zenaida in 2006 back at Universal Studios, where Casey claimed to have worked for a short time. Casey was just continuing to make these false accusations involving Zenaida and trying her best to get the police to focus their attention on somebody else. The nickname that was claimed to be used for Zenaida was Zanny the Nanny, and this sparked a lot of rumors revolved around drugs. It was assumed that Zanny was being used as a code word for Xanax, a popular drug. Casey denies that she has ever used, seen, or even been around Xanax at all. As soon as this was all made public, Zenaida wasted no time to file a defamation lawsuit against Casey claiming that this entire story was untrue and just a fabrication. The investigators made a list of these locations that Casey told them, and on July 16th, that same day, Casey went with detectives to Universal Studios where she was supposed to take them to her alleged office that she used to work at. As they walked around Universal Studios, the detectives met with a supervisor who proceeded to tell them that neither she nor any of her made-up imaginary friends had ever worked there. She led them all the way there only to tell them herself that she never worked there and admitted that to the detectives. They immediately placed her under arrest and took her back into custody, and here I'm going to insert a clip of the detectives talking to Casey after this revelation. Since I left you this morning, I've gone to every address that you've told me. I came over here, I've already talked to all the employees, mm -hmm. I found out all these names that you're giving me are people that either never worked here or have been fired here for a long time ago. Okay, so where we are right now is in, in a position that doesn't look very good for you. Because obviously I know, and you know, that everything you've told me is a lie, correct? Not everything that I've told you. Pretty much everything that you've told me, including where Kaylee is right now. That I still, I don't know where she is. Sure you do. And here, here's, I absolutely listen, do let me, not let me, know where she let me, is. Let me explain something. Looking at you, I know that everything that you've told me is a lie. I am very confident, just by having talked to you the short period of time, that you know where she is. I legitimately have not seen my daughter in five weeks. I didn't let anything happen to her, except I trusted her with somebody. Somebody that had been taking care of her, that had been taking good care of her. We've put a lot more together than I think you realize we've put together. My question to you is, we're in this office because our purpose in coming here was to do what? I'm trying to think of places no, I, where I know she's been. You're not answering my questions. Do you want us to help? Yes, you want to help us find your daughter? I do want you to Well, help. a good starting point would be to answer the questions, okay? If I say to you we're here because, and then you just ignore that, like I never asked it, and go off in some other direction, is that answering the question? No. Okay. Well, let's go through this again. We're here because. Because I lied. Because I brought you up here. And honestly, I was reaching for no, another stop right avenue. Here. I want you to tell me how lying to us is going to help us find your daughter. It's not going to. Well, then if the main thing you want to do is find your daughter, and you don't think lying to us is going to help us find her, why would you do that? After all of this, Casey is officially charged with child neglect and taken to jail. It wasn't until July 22nd that Casey was declared a person of interest in her daughter's case. 
This is due to the fact that after the abandoned vehicle was placed into custody, cadaver dogs were brought in and had identified the odor coming from the back of the car as decomposition, along with discovering the smell also in Cindy and George's backyard. Cindy finally admitted to seeing Kaylee on June 9th, even though she originally stated on the 911 call that she hadn't seen her since June 7th. Although these are only minor charges at the time, the judge is still deeply disturbed by the inconsistency of the case, and Casey's bail is officially set at $500,000. On October 14, 2008, three months after her daughter was reported as missing, Casey is charged with first-degree murder, along with aggravated child abuse, aggravated manslaughter, and four different counts of providing false information to law enforcement. Casey's attorney, Jose Baez, made a statement that day saying, I sincerely believe when we have finally spoken, everyone, and I mean everyone, will sit back and say, now I understand, that explains it. Just to give you a quick rundown on the background of her attorney, there was discovered to be a secret relationship going on between him and Casey all throughout her trial. In released documents, it was stated that multiple witnesses had seen her running around naked in his office multiple times. Dominic Casey was a man who once worked for Jose Baez, and when his statements came out against Jose about the misconduct, he quickly denied them. It was said that Casey had felt the need to participate in these sexual acts due to her not having the money to pay him for his services. The misconduct continued to escalate throughout 2008, and eventually, Dominic Casey terminated his services within the Baez law firm. Hi there, I'm Megan. And I'm Danielle. And we are Crime and Roses. We are a true crime and bachelor franchise recap podcast. Yeah, we're both. We are two Georgia attorneys watching and recapping all things Bachelor just for you. So we're talking Bachelor, Bachelorette, Bachelor in Paradise, Winter Games, Summer Games, all the games. Basically any show that ABC comes up with and forces us to watch. And then we'll release a true crime episode connected to what we've seen on the show that week. So if you don't like true crime, we have The Bachelor. And if you don't like The Bachelor, we have true crime. And if you don't like either, we're probably not the podcast for you. And that's okay. So if you're into one of those things, both of those things, come check us out as we combine our two favorite things into one-stop listening shop for you. So find us on your favorite podcatcher and on social media at Crime and Roses and email us at crimeandroses at gmail.com. Bye. Love you. Mean it. On October 24th, the forensic report was released from the investigation of the abandoned family car. The report showed that there was a single strand of hair found in the vehicle that matches hairs found in Kaylee's hairbrush. These hairs also happen to show characteristics of decomposition. On top of all of this, there was also an air sample taken, which I didn't even know you could sample air from certain things like this and the chemicals found in the air were consistent with the chemical compounds found in decomposition as well. It wasn't until December 11, 2008, almost five months after Kaylee was reported missing, a horrific discovery was made public that the skeletal remains of Kaylee Anthony were found in a bag in a wooded area less than half a mile from the Anthony home. The Orange County Medical Examiner, known as Dr. G, stated in her autopsy findings that the bones showed no evidence of trauma and that Kaylee's official death is to be ruled a homicide by undiscovered means. These results got even stranger the more that they were revealed. The skull was discovered to be covered in duct tape around the mouth, nose, and jaw, 
but because of the advanced stage in decomposition, the investigators and coroner are unable to tell the specific cause of death. Soon after the detectives found Kaylee's body, they escorted Casey into the medical unit at the jail to let her see for herself the moment that her daughter's remains were found. This was a recorded video that was found and it was presumed that they recorded her at this moment so that they could see her true reaction. She is seen in the video grasping her stomach and slowly rocking back and forth and starting to breathe heavier. This new discovery continued to outrage the public and there were multiple times that groups of people gathered outside of buildings that Casey was in, screaming at her and calling her a murderer. On April 13, 2009, the prosecutor started to pursue the path for the death penalty due to Casey's pure lack of interest in her daughter's case. There was also sufficient aggravated circumstances that justified this decision. On March 24, 2011, the trial started and immediately the prosecution threw down a bombshell onto Casey. They stated that she is a young party girl who has no use for a two-year-old daughter, and provided evidence to back up their statements such as extensive shopping trips and the total lack of care for her daughter's disappearance. The defense's argument was also equally bizarre when Jose, Casey's attorney, fired back with an extreme allegation that Kaylee had drowned in the family pool and George, Casey's father, was trying to cover it up. Jose, without any actual proof, also claimed that George was molesting his own daughter Casey. Witness after witness took the stand in the following days, and the first one to go up was George, who denied ever molesting Casey, and also to ever trying to cover up the murder or having anything to do with it. A special witness named Simon Birch was called up, and Simon happened to be the manager of the towing company where the car was impounded and stated his theory on the decomposition smell coming from the vehicle. Simon had worked with the towing company for the last three decades, the same one that impounded Casey's car, and has encountered multiple dead bodies within the time that he worked there. And his testimony was that the smell of Casey's car was consistent to those of the other dead bodies. Something interesting I discovered in my time of reading about the case was what one of the witnesses, a forensic expert, stated. On the stand, he proceeded to tell the courtroom how there were high amounts of chloroform detected in the trunk of the car. And what I didn't know is that chloroform is a chemical that's actually released during decomposition. It is not stated whether the chloroform was used on Kaylee or if her body had just been producing it while decomposing in the back. This statement, however, was later contradicted by an FBI scientist who stated that the amount of chloroform that was found was the same amount that would be found in your everyday house cleaner. The talk over chloroform does not end here, though even after this theory is debunked, because a software designer later testified that the word chloroform was googled on the Anthony's home computer 84 times, along with other terms such as head injuries, chest trauma, ruptured spleen, and internal bleeding. A few weeks later into the trial, Cindy, Casey's mother, started to change up her original story by stating she was the one who googled chloroform by accident because she was meaning to type chlorophyll, and that the stench from the back of Casey's car had been there for over eight years since the car was purchased. The trial came to an end on July 13, 2009, almost exactly one year after Kaylee was reported missing, as the two sides delivered their closing statements. 
The prosecution pushed the narrative that Casey had enough motivation to go to the extremes to rid herself of her daughter to finally have freedom. She sacrificed the life that was brought upon her for the life that she wanted to live, and so in return, she chose to sacrifice her child so she could live the life she wanted. The defense argues that there is a significant lack of evidence that could definitely place Kaylee's body in the back of that car. However, this is where I strongly disagree due to the fact that her decomposing hair was literally found in the trunk of the car. And on top of that, we have to remember the cadaver dogs and the air tests and the decomposition smell and so on. On July 17th, 2011, after over 400 pieces of evidence were presented to a jury and over six weeks of deliberation, Casey Anthony is found not guilty of the murder of her two-year-old daughter, Kaylee. This jury consisted of seven women and five men, and it took them a little less than 11 hours to reach a verdict. Honestly, who are these people? I just want to talk. Although she was found not guilty, she still received around four years and a $4,000 fine for lying to the police. And since she had already served three of those years, she ended up being released early on good behavior. On July 17th, Casey is released from the Orange County Jail and exits only to see over a hundred protesters who showed up to demand justice for Kaylee. People continued to be very angry with Casey and the public hate became nationwide. This case remains one of the most controversial cases to happen within the last few decades. And as of recently, Casey's name has been brought back up into conversation and in media attention because she is planning on opening up her own private investigation firm. She continues to live in denial and has carried on partying and dating, wanting to leave her past behind her, and most of the time pretends like it never even happened. Casey's intention with opening this law firm is to help those who are wrongfully accused just like her, especially women, get the justice that they deserve. Suspicions were raised as to why she was opening the PI firm, and some question whether she wanted to figure out more information about the murder of her daughter, but sources close to her say that that is now a closed chapter in her life. And in my opinion, it's just sickening to refer to the murder of your own child as just a closed chapter. Regardless of whether you did it or not, that's all. It's disgusting. And in my time in real life witnessing parents who've lost kids, her entire attitude about the entire case is just wrong and there's something up and it just goes to show how guilty she really was. I want to thank you guys so much for listening to this week's episode of The Crime Couch. If you're listening on Spotify, go ahead and share this link with one of your friends. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, give us a five-star rating and review. And if you're listening on YouTube, go ahead and give this video a thumbs up and subscribe to our YouTube channel and hit the notification button so you can get notified every time we upload a new video. Also, make sure you're following our Instagram account at The Crime Couch Podcast so you'll be able to see the latest updates on the cases that we're working on. Thanks so much, and we'll see you guys next week. Serial killers do on a small scale what governments do on a large one. On a, on a large one.